Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, episode 94. Gerard Warren. Gerard Warren. Warren. Big money. <laughs> Big money. Ted Klopp, Ken Dworznik. Ted, lots for us to talk about. We had the opportunity to spend some time. We'll talk about that later in the show. We uh, Yeah. Out and about. But uh, certainly uh, we had some breaking news. Uh, something that, you know, certainly we don't like to talk about sports. That's not our show, but certainly want to recognize that the NFL came up with a suspension for Deshaun Watson and it's six games. Yeah. So that should be uh, extremely interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. And uh, because of that situation, we are going to bring in an expert to talk about that situation. Yes, we are. Uh, a young man who uh, who we think will provide some some unique insight. I think yep. that's fair to say. Well said. Oh yeah. Well Did said. You, uh, now now I know. Well, a couple of weeks ago when we had our show, we both noted that uh, our significant others were going to be out of town. Yes. And so, as I recall, you enjoyed uh, the phrase "basking in our alonitude." So uh, I have to tell you that, uh, so my family did leave, but it wasn't without, um, you know, it, it never goes smoothly. So it was delayed because we had the all-star game delayed by a week. So then my wife was hoping to leave on Friday, but figured she'd probably leave on Saturday. Well, they didn't leave Friday, hoping to leave Saturday, got everything packed in the car, they're in the car. They're ready to leave in the minivan. And the thing shuts down. The screen oh. darkens. It's shut down. Operation shutdown. Derek Bell from the Pirates, Operation Shutdown. Yeah. Yep. She she thinks it's the alternator again. Uh, we're not sure. It's in the shop right now. So we'll find out. Uh, but we had to hook her up. So another delay of another day. And uh, got her uh, another vehicle, a van, and uh, eventually off they went. So I hear a song playing underneath that I think it's Yakety Sax, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. It's always Yakety. My gosh. I mean, I, I feel so bad, but at least they were able to go on their trip. You know, well, that, yeah, she was all upset. I, and I said, hey, look on the bright side. At least it happened in the driveway. Yeah. As opposed to somewhere on another location where you're yeah. not familiar with and you have to find a place to repair your vehicle. Yeah. Well, that's a blessing there for sure. Yeah. Oh what have you now? You're all alone. What have you been doing? You're all alone. I've been doing different things. Some yeah. of that will be an out and about. Okay. I uh, we recently got our house painted. So I'd oversee that project. Make sure that went well. As many people know, you got to make sure you do things correctly and the vendors do things correctly. So I've done that. I've done some cleaning around the house. Spent some time with some friends and some family. And then most recently, I've uh, been watching some different shows. Really? I, I've i decided that if Eowyn is not here and if my children are not here, I'm going to do things maybe differently than what I would do if they were here. So watching some different movies, going to some different restaurants, going to church at eight o'clock in the morning. That's what you do. You know, yeah. hey, are you going to have a party? No. Go to early mass. Go, go to, to go early mass. That's where I'm at when I'm middle aged, Ted. That's yep. that's what excites me. That's right. I like it. I like it. Okay. All right. I don't think I'm. What are we going to do when our wives get back? I don't think we're going to know how to function. Ooh, I. It's going to be. Uh, it's a new ball game. Well, we'll get back uh, in line quickly, as you know. Good, and no doubt, no doubt. Well, on our show this week, we are going to talk to a fellow podcaster, Phil Yale is going to join us. He's going to talk about his show. His show celebrates the mu music of the baby boomer era. And so we're going to talk to him about that. We've also got Jen Brasnovich. She's here with the August Cleveland calendar. So we'll talk to her about that. We have good news about a heroic seven-year-old. We're going to update you on where we've been out and about. And we've been together on one, a couple of occasions. So we'll talk about that. We've got some overachievers. I mentioned we're going to have a uh, an expert talk some sports with us. His name is Colin Forgotch. And so we'll hear from him. And in Klopp's clips, 
if you're going to do try to do something to get revenge on your ex, it's always good to have the correct address. And now, a woman's perspective. Why doesn't it matter how often a married man changes jobs? Because he still has the same boss. This has been A Woman's Perspective. All right, time for the Cleveland calendar. And Jen Brazdovich from Destination Cleveland is back with us. And Jen... We've flipped the calendar to August. I can't believe it's going this fast, but here we are in August. So what do we have going on? I know it's flying by. I feel like we were just talking about the start of summer and now we're talking about like the end of summer and the start of fall, Uh, but there's still tons of stuff going on and um, a lot of ways to, to jam pack these last few weeks of summer. So let's start with the arts and culture scene. It is a big summer for arts and culture here in Cleveland. Of course, we know we have a world-class arts and culture scene year round with the Cleveland Museum of Art and all of those other great assets we have here. Um, But we've got two really cool special events happening over the summer, um, continuing into the fall. So the second edition of the Front International Cleveland Triennial for Contemporary Art is happening. Um, That started in July and it's running through October 2nd. So this is bringing more than 75 artists Um, across Cleveland and in Akron and Oberlin. So lots of opportunities for you to kind of get to know the Northeast Ohio area, see some of this art. Of course, classic venues like the Cleveland Museum of Art and the Akron Art Museum are included. But one of the cool things about this is that they also bring art to some unexpected areas across the area. Um, So there's also artwork in places like the Cleveland Clinic, Cleveland Public Library, and even some of our music venues like Bop Stop. So in addition to kind of exploring the area and checking out some of these art installations, There are some special events happening throughout the rest of August, September um, into early October. So lots of cool ways to celebrate that event. And then Northeast Ohio's artists are the focus of the Can Triennial, which is back this time for the second year or for the second time as well. Um, COVID did delay this by a year as well. You know, we've seen a lot of this stuff was supposed to happen in 2020 or 2021, and now it's back in 22. Um, But this theme, You Are Here, is really focused on reuniting the Cleveland arts community and offering hope for our future as we come through these tumultuous 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 times. Wow, guys, it's a Monday. I can't can't quite get these words out. So the Collective Arts Network is hosting 16 exhibits highlighting work from over 125 Northeast Ohio artists. And one of the cool things is that they've set it up across Cleveland. So their goal is really to provide attendees with an experiential journey throughout six neighborhoods of the city. So really taking people into some of the neighborhoods that they might not visit very often. Um, But that's another really cool one. And that is all focused on Northeast Ohio artists. So a lot of um, cool opportunities there to check out some of our arts and culture. And speaking of culture, you know, it is the season of cultural festivals. August is here, but we have seen a lot of cool stuff already this year and a lot of cool stuff on the calendar still through August. So the Puerto Rican Parade and Festival is returning this year. Again, another thing we haven't seen for the last two years. So I expect this year to be huge. That is August 6th and 7th. In addition to obviously lots of delicious festival food and local artists, there's also an unbelievable lineup of musical artists. Um, So a lot of cool stuff happening there to celebrate Cleveland's Puerto Rican culture. And then the Feast of the Assumption, everyone's favorite. I mean, I don't know how you look at like pasta, red wine and cannolis and say, no, thank you. I'm good. Uh, But (laughs) August 12th through the 15th, the feast will take over Cleveland's historic Little Italy. It's a five block celebration of delicious carbs and everything Italian. Um, So, of course, yeah, of course, we know the food there. But there's also a really eclectic art scene that comes alive during the festival. So there's a lot of booths dedicated to Italian goods and knickknacks, fireworks on Sunday, and even better, you know, Little Italy is located right next to an RTA stop. So you don't have to worry about parking, which can be tricky in Little Italy. But more importantly, you don't have to worry about driving home after you've had maybe a few too many glasses of red wine with your pasta. So that's that's a a nice bonus there. And then speaking of food, Taste of Black Cleveland is back this year. This is going to be taking place at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse on August 18th. This is celebrating all of Cleveland's top black chefs and owners of local Cleveland restaurants, food trucks, catering businesses. 
So all sorts of food on display there. Chefs are preparing their signature dishes. Um, attendees can vote on their favorite dish and the chef who is voted the favorite gets a prize. And of course, lots of special drinks happening there too. Local black mixologists will also be there providing drinks and then some um, music from our local black artists there. Mm. And then as we look ahead to the end of August, we've got a little bit of a, a sports situation happening here in Cleveland. Do you guys remember Tennis in the Land was here last year for the oh, first yes. year? So yes. it's back this year. Um, you know, the summer concert series season will be uh, wrapping up at Jacobs before we know it. But at the end of August, August 21st through the 27th, Jacobs Pavilion is going to transform into the center of the tennis world. So Tennis in the Land will be there for those few days. This is a week-long event featuring 32 of the top WTA singles players, along with some doubles players and some other qualifying events. This is really cool because it is part of the U.S. Open series, and this is the last stop before these players get to New York for the U.S. Open. So it really is like their last chance to hone their skills, their last chance to get those last points in and secure their ranking for the U.S. Open in New York. Um, it's going to be a really cool thing. The way that they transform Jacobs Pavilion into a tennis court is wild to even think yeah. about. And yep. then there's all the parking lots over there that they transform. And of course, while you're down there, head over to the flats, check out some of the new restaurants down there. Um, but really feels like summer is flying by, uh, but plenty of stuff happening still as, as we head through the month of August and into the fall. Um, and then as we head towards Labor Day weekend, of course, we've got the return of the air show. We'll have Oktoberfest and all of those fall festivals that we love will be back on the calendar as well. So tons of stuff, guys. There's no excuse to stay home for the rest of the summer. No. And if people can't find something to do, there's something wrong with you. There really <laughs> yes. is. There is something <laughs> wrong with you. Well, Jen, great information. I guess looking forward, any highlighted stuff that maybe you see in maybe October or November, anything like that, that people should look out to who are trying to do a little bit more planning with their families? Yeah, I mean, the holidays are gonna be here before we know it. So I'm sure as we approach October, November, we'll start to see those uh, winter events coming onto the calendar. But really, whoa, I mean- Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't <laughs> want to talk about winter, my God. I know. I know, but I mean, what we want to encourage people to do, of course, summer is the time to be here in Cleveland. I personally love fall. That's my favorite season. Yeah. So there's going to be a ton of stuff that we see popping up on the calendar over the next few months too, to take us through the fall, but, you know, get out and explore the outdoors before it starts snowing guys. That's what I keep telling people. Yes. Like once a week, I'm out there trying to explore the Metro parks, trying to go for hikes. Um, we're going to see the return of the uh, scenic railroad is back. So that's a great opportunity in the fall, get out there and check out the foliage in Cuyahoga Valley national park. Um, but then, like I mentioned, you know, we'll have the air show back. We've got Oktoberfest coming up, just tons of stuff that's going to be coming up on the calendar as we head into the fall sooner than we want to. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, uh, just, just a couple things to fill the Cleveland calendar here, apparently not, just to, you know, not, not that there's a lot going on here or anything. Right. Yeah. And not to mention, like I said, summer concert season is still underway. So Still a lot of good concerts to check out this year. Goo Goo Dolls are coming to Jacobs. Uh, Cleveland's own Machine Gun Kelly will be at Rocket mm. Mortgage Fieldhouse yep. in a few weeks. So I know that's going to be a huge one. Um, and then, of course, Blossom Music Festival continues um, into September. I believe they have a Harry Potter concert coming up. So that's a great opportunity wow. to, get to, oh, to go out and check cool. out Blossom. All right, Jen. Well, thank you for filling our calendar. No excuse to stay home, guys. Ken, good news. A seven-year-old boy used the Heimlich maneuver to save a choking classmate back in May. David Diaz Jr. says he learned the move from watching the TV show The Good Doctor. David's hmm. a second grader at Woodrow Wilson Elementary in Binghamton, New York. He received the New York State Senate Commendation Award for Courage because he saved his friend Andre. De De I'm sorry, DeAndre. Boy, that's a, that's a really big thing. I've known many people that have unfortunately left this world because of choking, which, you know, mm -hmm. certainly it's nothing to, to joke about or anything like that. That's a great thing. And obviously television does do good things because at times you could emulate what you see and, and put it into your own practice. And hats off to that young man to David for uh, certainly stepping up and helping another person at the age of seven. So if someone at the age of seven can do this, 
Uh, a lot of us middle-aged people, we certainly could do the same. No pressure. Blah, blah, blah. 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 Today's guest is a man of many talents. Our guest owns a company called Proforma Legacy, which provides branded merchandise to companies concerned about protecting their brand. Basically making sure their logo consistently meets their branding requirements and everything from business cards to wearables to trade show signage. Our guest is very involved with his alma mater, Ashton University, where he's a member of the board of directors of the Ashton University Alumni Association and working as the vice president for the 2022-2023 school year. Our guest started his own podcast entitled Phil's Track, which is currently in season two on Spotify. This weekly podcast features music by many different artists, which brings up a lot of great memories of the baby boomer generation and generations to follow. Let's learn more about this podcast and the interesting life of our guest, Phil Yale. Phil, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Well, I got to tell you, I'm excited to be on this podcast. I listened to you and Ken ever since I found out about you. And I got to tell you, all kidding aside, I really enjoy your podcast. It is refreshing in its content and it's got all things Cleveland and Cleveland's got so much to offer. It's, it's really a, a great podcast. So really well, Phil, appreciate, we appreciate that. And uh, it's, you know, and kind of like what your podcast, which you're going to go into very quick, it's something that's fun. And it's something that we'd like to, you know, bring into information, bring joy to others. Let's get into this here. We actually met each other through Ashton University, the alumni board, something that both you and I, you know, enjoy tremendously. I learned about your podcast about two months ago after meeting, and I listened to it on the car ride home from Ashland. And, and Phil, I, I listened to two different episodes, and I love it. I really do. And the reason is, is because the format is so much different than your normal podcast. You play an entire music album, provide information throughout the, the album, and, and you know after the songs are done. Talk about how you came up with Phil's track, and, and talk about some of the albums you reviewed in season one. Well, thanks for the compliment. Um... Yeah, we've done over 30 of these episodes, and, and the roots of roots of the podcast actually begin back when I was a kid. I was raised in a small farm community south of Lima, Ohio, and my, my contact to the outside world was through CKLW out of Detroit. I had a small little AM transistor radio. I snuck under my pillow at night so my parents wouldn't hear it, and I grew up on that and then graduated to uh, albums. I would stack six albums on top of my record player at night, listen to it. And was going to parlay all of that, Ken, into being a radio DJ. Um, And at that time, there were only a couple colleges in Ohio that offered anything in radio and TV broadcasting. I also had an interest in being a sports broadcaster and ended up at Ashland um, because of the track coach. I thought I could actually run track at Ashland. He thought I could too. That proved out to not be correct. But he, in order to get me to go to Ashland, hooked me up on a tour of the radio and TV building at Ashland College. And the person that gave me that personal guided tour, John Tellich. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, so it was uh, it was quite an introduction into it. So anyway. I didn't stay in radio, um, only lasted a year in that major, um, and pretty much forgot about being anything associated with radio broadcast or anything else until recently, uh, the urge hit me again, um, primarily because I just really enjoy talking about music and learning about music. And I heard this ad on Spotify. Hey, you can do your own podcast and play music to it. So I I thought I would try it and did the first one on Willie and the Poor Boys. It's probably the worst podcast I did, but I did it. And then, as you know, the first one's the hardest one, but the second one's even harder. Yeah. And um, now I'm pretty comfortable with the content, which I can get to here in a second. That's that's the history behind it. That's really cool. So I, obviously, I, and unfortunately, Ted couldn't be with us today. He's on, as we call it, on location. But we all went to Ashland and we all were radio DJs. As I did the same thing when I was at Ashland, working for 88.9 and, and all that. And, and so did Ted. And it's so funny, like, the idea of you have of your podcast, I imagine most of the music that you are playing in your podcast, you probably played while you were a DJ. Is that correct, Phil? Is that a lot of the music that you, you were playing at that time? Well, you know, 
you know, you know, Ken, the talent at Ashland is pretty deep. I never really had a chance to do anything on radio. I did yeah. have a chance to do some stuff on TV, but not couldn't really break through on to do any any shows on radio. Uh, but the music clearly that I'm interested in is, is baby boomer generation, uh, mostly the 70s. I like the music of the 60s more than I like the music of the 70s. But I'll tap into the 80s, 90s, 2000s. In fact, I'm doing now one on John Bon Jovi. Oh, wow. uh, this house is not for sale. Uh, and it came out in 2016. So that's very cool. Well, you know, you certainly talked about, you know, this uh, the podcast we have is, you know, all-encompassing, but we, we try to focus on Cleveland. And one thing that, you know, we certainly talk about quite often is the music of Cleveland. And you can't talk about that without talking about Michael Stanley, obviously. Uh, it's not hard to mention, you know, talking about Cleveland music, Michael Stanley, just from his albums and, and the amazing you know, artist that he was. And obviously he, he died way too young here not too long ago. But I believe you are featuring one of the Michael Stanley albums coming up on one of your episodes. Is that correct? And which one are you, or, or, which one are you, focusing on well i appreciate the plug on that because it's it's the album i've been most anticipating doing since i started the podcast it is his stage pass album uh it's the live double album that was recorded in 77 at the cleveland agora um and i hesitated doing it to be honest ken because there are so many passionate knowledgeable friends uh, fans of michael stanley i want to make sure i did it right and so I'm now at the point where I feel comfortable with my podcast content, its format, its segments, that I really think I can capture the spirit of that Stage Pass album, which is really the album, as far as I'm concerned, for Michael Stanley. And the Michael oh, for Stanley sure. Band. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's that is the the crown jewel, in my opinion, as well. And so so cool. It was at the Agora. What what a great facility that is. So, and, and, and if I can, Ken, you know, you had that. Is it John Grabowski, if I mispronounce Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah. he's our, he, he's our he history talked, professor. Yes. He talked about the Agora in a, one of your recent episodes. And, uh, you know, in 76, 77, 78, there were a ton of concerts and broadcasts and live albums that were recorded at the Agora, including in 76, Boston, right after they came out with their debut album. There's a live album recorded at the Agora. Uh, right after uh, they released their album in 77, Michael Stanley. And then in 78, Bruce Springsteen live at the Agora. Unreal. Um, That's amazing. Which many people consider the greatest Springsteen live concert of all the ones that he has done. And that was at the Agora. So a lot of history in that facility. Absolutely amazing. Well, of the 24 episodes you've done, Phil, and I know this is probably going to be a tough question, but I, you know what? I think you can handle it. Is there one specific episode that you enjoyed more than others? And I guess the second part of my question, is there one group or singer that you really enjoy listening to more than others as well? Well, um, I guess a couple of things. I've been fortunate, I've been fortunate now to do 33. So I'm going to talk about some within the first 24. And then I'm going to go through the most recent ones because they're the ones that I'm most, I'm most proud about. I really enjoy doing uh, My Chemical Romance because... I did it with my son That's cool. Uh, and yeah, a, that's a chance to share an experience with my son. You can't beat. Uh, surprisingly, the, the one I enjoyed the most, I think, believe it or not, was one I, I went to do kind of sarcastically. It was on KTEL. I don't know. If, are you familiar huh. with the KTEL albums back in the day? I am not actually. Can you talk about that? What is oh, okay. KTEL? KTEL basically would record greatest hits albums. They would buy the rights to individual artists and individual songs and package them all together. And on one album, you would get 20 different songs. Some of them were hits. Some of them were not. Hmm. Um, and the beauty of it was you could buy one album and get probably a good 15 to 16 decent hits. And um, so I did, I did an episode on that, really enjoyed that, that um, because I've got many albums. I bought once, I bought the album because of a single. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the rest of the album stunk. Uh, this was a pretty good album all the way through. Uh, moving forward, some of the more recent ones, and I, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to highlight them because I now have my format down. And sure. I'd like to 
quickly talk about the format. Boston's album, their debut album, um, Springsteen, Darkness on the Edge of Town, uh, Bon Jovi, This House is Not for Sale, Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys, two more and then I'm done, Hot August Night by Neil Diamond, mm. a big Neil Diamond fan, and that'll release in August, go figure, uh, and then of course Stage Pass. Now, the reason I mentioned those more recent ones is the format includes the following, and you touched on it earlier. There's the main track. Every episode has a main track. That is the feature album. And I go through each of the songs and provide some commentary. But there's a lot of podcasts that do that. What differentiates me, I believe, is I have other segments which include the like tracks, which is other music by that artist or other similar songs that you might like. If you like that album, yep. sidetracks is where I tell a story that's somehow related. So, for example, I did one on Michael Jackson and he has Vincent Price through the voiceover on his album, The Thriller. There's a there were music, there were songs about Vincent Price. <laughs> so I included that in the sidetrack, something I didn't know with the monkeys, which I did. I did a sidetrack on Michael Nesmith, just an incredible story about Michael, Michael Nesmith and his talent. I also have this segment called One Hit Wonders. You know, artists that only had one hit and surprising names on that. Frank Zappa. Wow. Arlo Guthrie only had yeah. one hit in the top 40 for each of them. Huh. Uh, I have named that song where I provide the lyrics, then it gets the song, I do the album ratings, and then I play under the radar music uh, which is other music I like. And I recently featured an, art, uh, an artist from Cleveland. I happened to come across at a Westlake farmer's market. He was playing his guitar and I went up to him and asked him if he was on Spotify. He was, he gave me the name of his tune and I included that in one of my episodes. So oh, very cool. That's awesome. And then finally, Ken, I'm sorry. One final thing. I think I may be the only one doing this. For every podcast, I have a companion playlist that has all of the songs that are included in that podcast and with Spotify's free subscription. People can access that playlist and they get to hear all the songs in their entirety for free. And I don't think there's another podcaster out there that's doing that. So it's just something to add a little bit more value to. to what no, absolutely, Phil. I, and I, I, that's the part that I enjoyed because... I'm, you know, I'm certainly in my mid forties here, nearly hitting 50 in a couple of years. And a lot of the artists that I've heard, I'm like, wow, that music is cool. Is there other artists similar to that? And you already set that up on, on all the individual episodes and stuff. It just makes it easy, which I think is great. I look at it as I'm enjoying the music, but I'm also getting a lesson to learn about other groups as well, which is great because let's be honest, as the years go by, a lot of these groups they get forgotten, you know, and it's cool that you've done these different episodes to kind of focus on that. And then it's also that you highlighted a local artist as well. That's really, really neat. Phil, thank you so much for the time. Uh, very excited to, to hear about Phil's tracks. And, and once again, you're doing this on a weekly to biweekly basis. Is that correct? And everything is just found on Spotify, correct? It's available on Spotify. Just look up Phil's tracks. It releases every Tuesday. It's a weekly podcast releasing every Tuesday morning. Outstanding. Well, Phil, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And we'll, we'll catch up here soon. And once again, to hear about more of these albums that you're putting on the on your episodes uh, for your podcast. Thanks much, Ken. Appreciate the opportunity. Ted, one of your favorite segments. And actually, very excited to have this segment with you this time because we can talk about a time that we were out and about in yeah. the fine Northeast Ohio area. Well, before I get into our out and about, I have one out and about I want to talk about. I'm not going to lie. I've been out and about quite a bit this past <laughs> couple of weeks. So there's just too many to put on this piece of paper, but I'll bring up one out and about that I had. It was actually involving golf. I played in the Baldwin Wallace football outing last Saturday, and it was really cool. I played with two people that were on this podcast, one being Steve Thompson, the athletic director from Baldwin Wallace, and the other being Ben Cavey, whose wife owns Cool Beans. And we've had Ben on as a 
sports expert at one point in time. But uh, the part that I think was the highlight, we played at Mallard Creek. We shot really well. We came in second. It was a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. But I met someone special that I never thought I would meet in person. So Steve Thompson, the athletic director, said, hey, do you want to meet somebody? Sure. Yeah, I always like to meet somebody. He comes up. He says, here, I would like you to meet Jim Tressel. Oh, my. Wow. Very cool. Very nice man. A little small connection. When I worked at Ashland, there was a gentleman by the name of Greg Gillum that worked there. Greg Gillum now works for the University of Cincinnati, overseeing uh, basically football operations for their school and helps with recruiting and all that. And then Greg did the same exact thing for Jim Tressel and also Urban Meyer. So that is kind of the connection. So it was very cool. It was fun. It was awesome. Fun. Yeah. Well, Ted, we had an out and about together, which was great. We planned it out. Yeah, we did. We met up in your neck of the woods in Cleveland Heights. Yeah, we did. We went to BW3s. Had some beer and healthy food there. And then we went to Parnell's Pub, where we consumed alcohol. And both the the, uh, uh, variety with uh, barley and the uh, perhaps more uh, straight alcohol. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was enjoyable. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. We had another friend uh, who was part of our fantasy football team, Tom Dank. He met us up there, a longtime friend with Tom. And it was a nice evening. Very, very nice. Very calm. We talked. Gosh, we talked about everything. Kids and you name it. We talked about it. It was it was fun. And it's just nice to talk with other people, similar age, about different things you're going with. And I, we had a lot of people jumping into our conversations, too. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking about this. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, you know the Parma Buyers Field, sure. Right. Yep. Oh yeah. It was pretty funny, and it's I don't know. It's cool. We've kind of missed that for the past couple of years, just because of everything that's gone on. And it was nice to have that uh, once again. And then I just want to do a quick shout out to a another place that I went to actually on Sunday morning after mass, a place called the Coffee Colony in Madison. Uh, it's a mom and pop shop. It was a daughter and mother making the food. I, I got a really good omelet and they were super nice. So hats off to them. If you have the opportunity on Madison to go see them, I think you should do that. So that's tasty. That's our out and about. Did you have any others you want to bring up or oh, no. go? there's very few people that I uh, go out with. And when I'm not out, I am basking in my Alona tube. It's an honor and privilege to have Colin Forgas joining us for one of our first segments called Kids Speak. And what we're going to do uh, every couple of weeks, we're going to basically talk to some of the youth so Ted and I can stay hip on the latest trends of what's going on for kids in middle school, elementary school, and high school. Colin, first of all, thank you for joining us. We appreciate your time. Oh, yeah, of course. So obviously you are going into sixth grade. You go to St. Joseph Catholic school in Sylvania and you're a busy guy as you are involved with football, lacrosse, basketball. At one point in time, you did baseball. I think you did some cross country. I know you've golfed in the past. Have I missed anything? I do. do. No, straight on. Right on it. Okay. So my question for you to give us a little background about your sports and all that stuff. Talk about some of the things that you've done on the athletic fields, what you enjoy most about the sports you play and what are the lessons you've learned playing those sports? Um, well, I love lacrosse, my favorite sport. And then football is my other main. And I don't know. I just have fun with that. And like, I learned just to always, cherish those moments because soon when I'm 80 and and when I had a practice I like I'm like oh I want to get out of this I don't want like when I'm 80 I'll, I'll miss those moments and I wish I could have those moments back so pretty much just I wish I could always like don't say oh I want to get out of this practice I don't like this practice or game because when you're like 80 and you love the sport you'll miss it 
You're you're looking long term here. I see. He really. Yeah, is. yeah. I love this. Okay. Well, speaking of long term, uh, I want to talk with you about the Browns because I know you're a big Browns fan. I Deshaun am. Watson is going to miss the first six games of the season. So, yeah. what does this mean? I need some inside information. What does this mean for the Browns? Are they going to be okay? How are they going to do in these first six games? Oh, I think 100% will be good because I thought, like, we he would be out for so many games. Mm-hmm. But with him being here for, what, 11 games? Um, and Jacoby Reset playing six, which he's obviously not the best quarterback, but he's still very good and can hold our team together until Deshaun gets here. So what do you think record-wise? What's your thoughts? Um, I was thinking... Ugh, 11 and six. Okay. What do you think they'll do when uh, without Deshaun? What is it? What will their record be in those first six games until he gets back? Three and three. Three and three. All right. I so, like that. so you're saying they're going to go eight and three with? Am I right on that? No, my math is off. No, they're going to go math. five. Oh, you're correct. Once uh, Deshaun gets back. Yes, yeah, correct. 11, okay. Okay. I like if it. We I, have, I, if we can have, if we can keep all of our players not injured, like Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, Kareem, we'll, we'll have a good record. Okay. I like your answers. I really do. That A lot of that makes sense. All right, so we've talked a little bit about sports. We've talked about your experience with sports. I want to kick off sports and go out to some other topic here. I'm going to throw you on the spot. Ted and I are older guys, as you know. Two middle-aged men from Cleveland. Yeah, that we is are true. not hip. We do have we do have children of our own, right around your age, but we're not hip to all the latest stuff going on with social media and things like that. Being a sixth grader, what are some of the things that are popular for kids your age when it comes to, I don't know, things that they watch, things that they listen to, things like that? What's what's the popular stuff we're looking at? At this point in time, in 2022, in, in a sixth grader or someone maybe even older, what, what's popular? Where are we at? Obviously, obviously, we got TikTok because okay. that's one of the biggest apps. And then, right. not always making, but we'll have like kids like uh, my age at least, maybe not older sometimes, but we'll have like oh, we'll watch like YouTube videos. Depends, yeah, like everyone does, but like you know, just like for certain like YouTubers, like for entertainment, and then. I don't know, we got Snapchat, Instagram, and, like, uh, Snapchat's, like, a social media, but then, like, Instagram's more, like, social, like, texting or, like, Snapchatting, but then, like, Instagram's more, like, looking at pictures, kind of, like, it's, like, picture-formed, like, content. Well, you're on all the social media there, huh? He's on it. He's on it. (laughs) All right. Uh, uh. Well, when you're not uh, Snapchatting and TikToking and whatnot, uh, and you're not playing sports, and you're not studying, because I'm sure you get good grades, are you, you on an iPad? Are you? Are you? Do you play like uh, Roblox or anything like that? Um, what do you- I have like video games like Xbox, and then I like I have like games on my like phone that I'll play. But yeah, pretty yeah. I it's more yeah. That's pretty much it. I all, I play on my Xbox, like Madden, like sports games. Yeah. Now you notice you you notice Ken, he didn't mention Facebook or Twitter. No, that's old person that's old, stuff. That's that's old. Yeah. Person. Yeah. yeah that, that's old person okay. stuff, man. Okay. You, yeah. That's not if you're if you're on that you're not real hip. You means okay. you're much older. Okay. I get right. you. What's the what's the uh, the youngest people that are still on Twitter and Facebook. Do you know, Colin? What's your perception on Facebook? that? Facebook. Like, yeah. Facebook. You gotta be uh, like Facebook-wise, unless Facebook, if you're posting stuff, you're like in the forties. In the forties. Like, okay. Some, yeah, but like some people, like say, like teenagers, are just there for like Facebook Marketplace. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then. Twitter, I don't know. Twitter is still more like teenagers will use it, but like not as much. Okay. James, right. 
Gotcha. Okay. All right. So I obviously need to update my social media. Okay. Yeah, we need to get the speed. Well, Colin, two more things real quick. We appreciate your time. Uh, first yeah, of all, I'll, I'll give you the opportunity. I know how exciting it must be to be on two middle-aged men in Cleveland. And I imagine yes. you have a few people you'd like to shout out to. So I'll oh, give yeah. you about a minute. Go ahead and shout out a couple people here. Um, Who I'm actually working with right now, Tet Ninjas. They give a shout out. Um, ninjas, I'm getting okay. paid. Tet Ninjas. Tent Ninjas. Yep. Got it. And then... Um, let's see, my mother, your mom. Okay, yeah. good, good call. It's always good. Yep, yep. You're covering all the bases. Oh, um, Nick Chubb, Nick, great human. Nick Chubb, great human. Yeah, yeah. Um, human. He's definitely he's definitely watching this. Oh, um, of course. Yeah, twice. Uh, yeah. Um. I heard the Browns watch this before they practice. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, they up. do. Yeah. yeah, it's 100% true. Okay. Anybody Not else? Any others? You're good besides Nick Chubb. Uh, Anybody else? Any other friends from school you want to say hi to? 30 um, seconds. I got my friend. Um, let's see. We'll give Chris and Alex a shout out. Um, All right. Their father is the president of University of Toledo. There oh, we well, I guess I know where you're going to college. There we go. Yep. I don't know about that, but we'll see. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Colin, thank you so much. Last question. Okay. Yep. Going into sixth grade, you have, you know, obviously your school session starts towards the end of August here. We're not too far away. Actually, Give me one thing you're excited about starting school and one thing you're kind of nervous about. Mm. Um, I'm excited to see my friends again. Have I love playing a recess? Love have I love playing football with them and stuff. Well, I'm nervous about. I don't know if I'm nervous about anything besides like going into a new like building because I'm in the middle school now. Mm. But like, um, what I'm more just am not excited for is just school in general. That, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm excited to see my friends because, like, you just see all of them, but, like, when you're, like, hanging out with them, you usually have, like, one or a few. So, yeah, I'm excited to see my friends. Very cool. I, I got a final question, Colin. You got a favorite yeah, segment on our show? Is it the dad jokes? What is it? Um, I love, um, overachievers. Overachievers. And then I also do love, oh, I love out and about because. Out and about. Yeah. Um, I also like, uh, the one with, uh, things you can actually buy. Oh yeah. You I can like that one. Buy this. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to make sure we run those, uh, you know, every week and twice on Sunday. Oh, perfect. Great stuff. Well, Colin, good luck in the school year. Make sure you tell the rest of your family is so low. We appreciate you being one of the first guests for kids speak and, I'll have to talk to Ted, but I, this went very well, and this might be, have to be a regular segment with you. I'm honored to be here. <laughs> well, get after with the Ted Ninjas. All right. See ya. Thank you, guys. Cleveland! This is for you! Dusty Sloan and Dusty, kind of a sad type of situation, uh, certainly something that's talked about by many different people. We moved to August 16th, 1920. Cleveland Indian shortstop Ray Chapman is hit in the head by New York Yankees pitcher Carl Mays. He dies the next day, and it's the only MLB game-related fatality. What can you talk to us about this? I know many listeners have heard this story before in many different facets, but talk to us about this story and maybe what what type of person Ray Chapman was and player. Absolutely. And again, a lot of people have heard that story 102 years ago, obviously Ray Chapman passed away. It's kind of surprising. And we're glad about this, that he's the only one that has ever died on the field. We wish it hadn't even happened to him, but you're kind of surprised that major league baseball goes back to what 1876. There's only been one. So you're grateful. There's only been one, but when you look at Ray Chapman, a lot of people don't think about the statistics that he had. I'm looking at his stats on baseball reference, his career OPS plus at 111. So for his entire career, starting as a 21-year-old, he was in the prime of his life when he passed away. He's 29 years old. So he could have played for the Indians and who knows who else for maybe another five to 10 years. But he was an above average major league player. 
He um, led the league in at-bats one time, led the league in runs one time, led the league in, in walks one time. And in three of the last four years, including 1920, up until the point that he passed away, he was a 300 hitter. <laughs> so Ray Chapman was a bona fide, kind of an all-star, above-average Major League Baseball player for his time. And the obviously the, the safety of uh, the players has improved since that time as we now you know, you see, you know, the batting helmets have changed and now guys are wearing um, uh, cover over the side of their mouth and things like that. More guys have gotten hit in the head recently, but like you said, fortunately, nothing close to what we've, uh, what we saw with, with Ray Chapman back in, in, in that time, time period. Absolutely. And when, when you talk about the protection, the bat, the batting helmets, the, the even some guys who've gotten hit in the in the uh, face and the cheek. Now they've got that little plastic over their face when they come to the plate. All they we we kind of make fun of the Barry Bonds armor and all the stuff he used to wear wear back in the day. So it's surprising, even with all that, to see major league players and and the emphasis on the and the spin rate and the miles per hour and guys constantly throwing a hundred miles an hour you would think that would happen more often, even with that protection as hard as guys throw, but thank goodness that it hasn't. Yeah, no kidding. I guess my last question, Dusty, obviously we know a lot about Ray Chapman. Thanks for your information. Talk about if you have any information on Carl Mays. I know he was a pretty good pitcher for the Yankees. Did this affect the way he played after this incident happened? I think I remember seeing a story that it did. And and he was a left-handed pitcher, Born in Liberty, Kentucky in 1891. So he was kind wow. of an older pitcher when this happened. He, he was late 20s. Kind of, kind of the prime. They were both kind of the same age when all this happened. Huh. The interesting thing is the very next year, he led the major leagues in both wins and saves. Oh. He had 27 oh, wins and he had seven saves. He threw 336 innings. At oh. that point, it started to go down for him. He had a 20-win season with the Reds in 1924, and he had a 19-win season with the Reds in 1926. But in between all that and toward the end of his career, he, was, he wasn't he was always a consistent pitcher. I'm guessing he was hurt because he didn't throw nearly as many innings in the late 20s. So, But I had, heard, I had read stories where, it's, where it was told that he had, it had kind of messed with him, and it, it's a you think it would have to. I mean, that, that's just something yeah. that never happened, and fortunately it hasn't happened since. Wow. Well, Dusty, outstanding research, uh, certainly on uh, you know a very sad day, obviously, but historic when we go back to August 16th, 1920, when Ray Chapman was hit in the head by New York Yankees pitcher Carl Mays and unfortunately passed away. Dusty, thanks again for all the info. Appreciate it, guys. Cleveland, this is for you. Cheaper time. Yeah. A group of summer interns is in the Guinness Book of World Records after they used 5,791 packaged food products to spell out the Michigan based grocery store's name, Spartan Nash. <laughs> I, okay. The previous record was 1,111 set in Hong Kong in 2018. Boy, they just blew this away. I mean, yeah. they were. We're gonna beat it. We're gonna beat it well. So, Boy, now there there, there's some good business experience that you gain from your summer <laughs> internship. Yeah, what'd you do on your internship? I got in the Guinness Book of World Records for setting up a bunch of food products and spelling out so spelling a name. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, there that that's impressive, and so is the the uh, efforts of a Nebraska man. He set a world record. During the opening ceremony of the Corn Husker State Games at Seacrest Field, 25-year-old Jesse Rude, a firefighter, threw an axe and hit the target from 90 feet away. 90 wow. feet away. Previous mark was 75 feet. Now, Rude says he is hit targets are up to 120 feet away in practice, but the record, 90 feet. Oh, that's impressive. Did he, when he threw this axe, were people standing in front of him or is it just a clear shot? I don't, I think it's a clear shot. 
I would hope so, because I I, I, obviously we yeah. might not be talking about this. There could be some injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Well, some good overachievers, Ted. Hats off to these folks. Time for another history lesson. That means we will be joined by John Grabowski. And John, another interesting historic place, not necessarily a place, but a bridge this time, the Center Street Bridge in the Flats. What can you tell us about that? I know when we talk about that, that's something that many people's eyes light up because they certainly know about it. But how did this whole thing get started and what can you tell us about it? It's interesting because it is reputedly the oldest bridge in the flats. Uh, it was built in 1901, and it is known as a bobtail swing bridge. That is, it's not symmetrical on either on, on mm-hmm. pivots, and and that makes it rather unusual. Uh, and and you know the, the flats were a busy business area. Now they're busy, you know, basically party and tourist area. And I think many people right now are upset because that bridge is closed for a year. <laughs> yes. You know, so yeah. It's a little hard to get to the aquarium and whatever else, but they're doing some major repairs on it. And I'll get to the history of the repairs. They're, they're going to take that, that graded surface and that's going to become a concrete solid surface. Wow. And uh, the sidewalks are going to be replaced to save weight. They're going to be replaced with fiberglass sidewalks. Oh, wow. So it's a total one year renewal, but the bridge was actually built by a, Zenas King and the uh, King Iron Bridge Company of Cleveland, which gets into another story because Zenas King came to Cleveland from New York and by the 1860s, he was building boilers and other works. And then, then he got into bridges and, and the King Iron Bridge Company not only built bridges in Cleveland, it had the old central viaduct, which was now torn down. And, is, and interestingly, the bridge that goes over the center suite street swing bridge, the Veterans Memorial, uh, superior viaduct, if you will, the superior high-level bridge. Um, that ironwork for that great arch was done by the King Bridge Company as well. But King's bridges are all over the country. Hmm. Iron bridges and steel bridges uh, that serve railroads and highways. Uh, the company lasted until the 1920s when it went quiescent. Uh, and this, you know, the swing bridge is unusual because everything else in the flats is a vertical lift or it might be a bascule bridge. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that, that makes Cleveland really special, that, that you have, you know, they have this great valley and it's bridged in so many ways, you know, high level bridges, you know, the, the, the Voinovich Highway Bridge now, you know, and mm-hmm. the Avenue Bridge, which was built, built during the depression with WPA help. Uh, and, and down at the lower level, just to get, you know, at, at sort of the gut level of the flats, I think that swing bridge is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. And, and- do you any idea why that particular bridge in that location is a swing bridge? Is it uh, was it necessitated by where it was, or was it just hey, you know, this is a unique design. Let's put it here. Do you have any uh, any perspective on that? I, I can only speculate on it, and, and it may have been problem. You know, it may have been problematic to simply uh, do a high level uh, in a vertical lift bridge because mm-hmm. of the towers. And I think the easiest solution was to build a pylon in the middle of the river and, and then to do a swing bridge because that takes up less of the shoreline on either side. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, the first swing bridge in the world is still around. It's in Newcastle uh, mm. in the UK, and it was built in the 1870s. Uh, and so that is still functional in Newcastle. And that was very important when Newcastle was a major shipbuilding com- area. Uh, because there was a lot of traffic that was going back and forth through it. So, yeah, ours ours comes, you know, about uh, 25 years after Newcastle, but it's, it's I think it's it's one of the better symbols of Cleveland. Um, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, the, the thing about that is that if, when you're you're there and traffic and shipping traffic goes by, you're, you're looking right at the side of the ship as it goes past you. And that gives you a real, real sense of, of, you know, the industry in the flats. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely, John. I've, I've been, st- you know, around that area and when you see the ships go by, you can't believe how close they really are to you. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. But, it's, uh, it, I was, I was there with a friend in the, outside of the flats uh, the other day, we were at Hoople's uh, having a couple of drinks and just 
looking down at the flats and saying, you know, that the flats are just a symbol of what Cleveland was and what Cleveland is. Yes. Very few cities that have anything like that. Very well said. Very well said. Well, John, as always, thanks for the history lesson this time on the Center Street Bridge in the Flats. Great information. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips. All right, Ken, here we go. A North, uh, North Carolina woman apparently wanted some fiery revenge on an ex-boyfriend. 49-year-old Christy Louise Jones is facing several charges, including arson, for trying to set fire to a home. She, well, The problem for her, aside from the charges, is that she set fire to the wrong home. Oh, no. Come on. She caused Come about on. 20 grand in damages to the home oh. that her boyfriend, or now ex-boyfriend, does not live at. Oh, that's awful. You need Google. I guess give it a Google. So you, yeah. if you're going to do something like that, make sure you're, you're doing it to the right house. Yeah. That's just awful. That's terrible. Police in California trying to identify a man caught on surveillance video stealing cash and other items from the corporate office of Johnny Donuts. I think I know him. Yeah. Anyhow, the guy apparently grabbed keys to one of the company's food trucks, but he didn't steal the truck. Instead, he, he came back in the office a few minutes later looking for his keys, which he'd apparently left in the office. When he came back to the office, video showed him hurriedly running around looking for the keys. Apparently, he got him and got away. A spokesman for Johnny Donuts said, quote, we all go to various lengths when we're desperate for donuts. <laughs> oh, God. The New Mexico Department of Transportation erected an upgraded sign at Route 66 and I-40. The sign directs drivers to the right if they want to head west to Albuquerque. Problem is that they misspelled Albuquerque. <laughs> they left the R out. Oh boy. The mistake was fixed last week. Just working too fast. Yeah. Al Albuquerque. 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 In 2017, a UK guy had a ham sandwich from a food stall. Okay. Since then, 46-year-old Tyrone Prattis says he hasn't been able to stop farting. Oh, my. <laughs> Five oh my. years later now, oh my God. he's now suing the food stall for 200,000 pounds. His lawyer claims that within hours of eating the sandwich, he suffered stomach cramps, fever, vomiting, and diarrhea. The guy is apparently bedridden for five weeks due to salmonella. Jeez. Oh, At least that's what he says. Since then, Tyrone is afraid to go out in public and unable to sleep well at night due to uncontrollable flatulence. Wow. Other customers also apparently became ill on the same day five years ago company that runs the food stall has admitted that they found E. coli on a knife in the food stall. Oh, boy. I think it's fitting that he bought this from a food stall. I've never yeah. heard it put that way. So. Yeah, that's... Uh, well, yeah. hopefully Tyrone feels better, but uh, that's, he, that's not a he, good situation. I imagine he's not going out and about very often. Bought it from a food stall and headed to another stall, apparently. We will head out from this week's collection of Klopp's Clips. Oh no, not a dad joke. What do you call a bear with no teeth? Bear with no teeth? I don't know. What do you call a bear with no teeth? A gummy bear. That joke was horrible. Almost done with episode number 94, Ken. We are we are 
getting close to the century mark. Can you really are. I, I don't I think we should do something kind of ridiculous for for the number 100. I, I, I have some ideas. We're not going to okay. relate those now, but I, I have some ideas of what we could do for 100. Well, I'm 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 looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to what we're going to have in a couple of weeks. But I know before we get there, uh, you had something that you wanted to mention here. Yeah, a very good friend of mine who's part of the Cleveland SWAT team reached out to me. Um, his name is Angel Sarah. He, uh, him and I actually went to Ignatius together. We actually do lunch quite often. He reached out. He listens to our podcast quite often and mentioned that there is a fundraiser um, through the Cleveland Division of Police for Blue Line Unlimited for Jonathan Rodriguez. Uh, they're going to have a benefit on September 24th at the UAW Hall. It's a Saturday. It's at 5615 Chevrolet Boulevard in Parma. Doors open at five. Uh, the reason for this fundraiser is that on in June of 2020, Officer Rodriguez was paralyzed from the chest down after his team SWAT van was struck by a drunk driver. Uh, just a sad situation, injuring his spinal cord and forcing him to retire at the young age of 30. Oh. He's cared for around the clock by his wife and nurses with two young children by his side. Jonathan is scheduled to undergo a costly procedure that is expected to increase his quality of life. The Rodriguez family has exhausted all Bureau of Workers compensation and medical insurance options, and the expense of this procedure will fall entirely on the family. So that is why they're putting together this donation. There's an opportunity for sponsorships and uh, many different options uh, for seating. Uh, they have tables for six singles, if you want more information, you could get the tickets at bluelineunlimited.com. It's spelled just the way it sounds, bluelineunlimited.com. Once again, all proceeds to support Jonathan Rodriguez and family. And certainly um, we, we will do our best to support that and promote it. And uh, hopefully they can raise some funds to help him out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, unfortunate uh, situation, but uh, hopefully uh, we can uh, help them. Uh, with some of those costs, bluelineunlimited.com. Yes. Okay. Correct. All right. Correct. Well, what do you have? The Your significant other comes back uh, this week. Is that right? Yeah, comes back actually today. So, um, yeah, pick uh, a one up into the airport. I, I'm uh, certainly the official driver of the airport. I think I'm going to find a sponsorship from uh, Burke Lakefront as I will be taking my parents there when they go to Seattle to visit my sister here in a few weeks. And I may be picking up my brother and I, I'm, if you need a ride to the airport, you know how to find me. So I, I certainly can help you out. But anyone has been gone for 10 days. And the first thing we talked about when I pick her up, we're going straight to Porco. We're not fooling around. We're not passing go. We're just going straight to Porco Lounge after I pick her up on Wednesday. Okay. I'm obviously today. So we're very oh. excited about that. But uh, yeah, uh, going to have to get myself back in line. No more sitting around and just my boxers with the dog. We're going to have to put some clothes on once again. Um, the place is actually in pretty good shape because I've kind of limited myself on rooms just so I don't have to worry about cleaning them. I think you understand that, Ted. If I'm not in the room, I don't have to worry about cleaning it because it's wow. just not going to dirty itself. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, just a couple of quick items. But, you know, certainly looking forward to spending some time with her again. She's been traveling for work. And, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've kind of been the stay-at-home husband and doing the best that I can. So how about you? What's your schedule? I mean, it's kind of changed to an extent. Has yeah. it not with with your wife and children coming back? What, what do we got? Well, uh, I'm going to Tennessee. You're going to Tennessee. Tennessee. Yes. Yes. That's what, where they will be. What city? What uh, city in Tennessee? Uh, Forge. Oh, okay. That's really yeah. nice. I've been told. Yeah. Super well, nice. we're, we're the, uh, they're, they're interested in seeing the Titanic museum. Okay. And you know, when you think of the Titanic museum, the first city that comes to mind for me is Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. So we're going to go check that out. I have suggested that we also take the boys to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Yes. I've heard I it's uh, quite that. scenic, relaxing. And yes. um, yeah, so we're going to check that out. And um, not sure what the plan is, if I'll be returning with the entire family or just one child who will be starting football. I'm not sure, but I will be back. And uh, at least one child will be back. If not the entire 
uh, Klopp group. So we'll see. Very cool. Yeah, well, it's nice you can spend some time with them and see some 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 nights and yeah. or see some very nice sights. And as they say, it's nice to make some memories. So very cool. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Very cool. Well, next time on the show, we have a couple guests lined up, but I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to most. Jen Brazdovich gave us the Cleveland calendar this this week. Uh-huh. In a couple of weeks, we're going to talk food restaurants in Cleveland with Jen Brazdovich. That'll be awesome. Yes. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Food is, uh, uh, you know, that that's my international language. I don't know. Yeah. Well, if you people could look at my picture and look at my size, uh, obviously I've not missed a meal anytime soon. So. Well, you know, in my single days, I did go to the gym once or twice. And I remember asking the trainer that I was working with, I said, which machine do I need to work on to get the attention of the ladies? He sent me to the ATM. Clop, you're the best. (laughs) Rock it out. Well, appreciate all our guests today. Bill Yale, Colin Forgotch, obviously Dusty Sloan, and of course, the professor. I, I enjoy the professor. I'm getting a lot of comments on the professor of Cleveland history. So we appreciate appreciate John's work as well. Well, Ted, thank you again. Have a great week. And hopefully both neither of us get our rear ends beat when our wives come back because we didn't do the things we were supposed to. That's OK. But just remember, we're just two middle aged men in Cleveland. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions. I heard the Browns watch this before they practice. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Yeah, that's 100% true.